Hey everybody, welcome to another Silver Screen and Roll post-game show with me, Christian Rivas, and Anthony Irwin. Anthony, a loss for the Lakers and Andre Drummond's debut, but a win for the Damian Jones is better than Andre Drummond and any center in the league propaganda. That has to make you feel at least a, a certain amount of joy. I mean, my the island just keeps rising out of the ocean, right? You know, there's just more land that is still unoccupied because he's not on a team, but there's just more land um, surrounding me on this island. Uh, look, I, I actually don't want to take a victory lap on this because, like, even before the injury stuff, one reason, like, I just, the idea of running a lap for any reason seems stupid. And then, two, like, Andre Drummond hadn't played since, like, February 12th. Right. And like anybody, like my mentions are just like, why did they even get this guy? This guy's a bum. He's trash. He's garbage. And like all these other like adjectives that uh, Pelicans bloggers were writing about uh, the young Lakers when, when, <laughs> when, when, when those trade negotiations were going on. Um, but like anybody who had super high expectations for him tonight, especially tonight going against Giannis, like it, it was just, it was never going to be a pretty game. Yeah. I, and I also, you have to remember that any analysis of the Lakers players in this current iteration of the Lakers is just like, why? Because th <laughs> this team was built to maximize the talents of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who mm -hmm. have not played in a long time. And uh, I, I wasn't in love with, with everything Andre Drummond did in his debut. Uh, a lot of the things I think he'll continue to do that will frustrate me. Mm -hmm. uh, but for the most part, I saw things that he did that will look a lot better than they did tonight when LeBron James and Anthony Davis start playing, starting with what he contributed on offense. I, I don't imagine when LeBron and AD are back that Drummond will be getting many touches in the post. And if he is, I think that's a huge mistake. Uh, defensively though, as, <laughs> as a help defender, I think he looked sharp and, and, you know, when you get that, pairing of AD and, and Drummond together, I think they'll look just fine. Yeah, I, the the offense stuff, you, you're absolutely right. There is nothing that anybody is going to do right now that you can actually make any serious analysis of uh, because it's just not how any of them are going to play. Like the only player I think you can actually judge based on what he's doing right now compared to when LeBron and AD is around is, is Schroeder, right? Because yeah. he's going to be on the ball regardless. Uh, but everybody else, they're going to look, uh, you know, a lot better, a lot different. Um, their their uh, their decisions are going to have more time with them. Like one of the things that I really noticed, like really stood out to me in this game, even while they were playing really well in that first quarter, was how many three pointers the Lakers weren't able to take. And and this was this trend continued over the course of the game. But how many three pointers the Lakers either weren't able to take outright. Mm -hmm. or or had to rush a little bit more because the pass is just like slightly off off uh target right instead of hitting like lebron is somehow you know pete greg maddox when it comes to his his placement of these passes and almost every time it's it's hitting guys in their shooting pocket in rhythm to where they have the most amount of time as they can possibly have uh, before they get that shot off. And you watch passes from Schroeder, you watch passes from Kuz, THT, Caruso, and almost more often than not, 
the player is having to like reach across their body mm. or, or fetch it down low. Or I saw one from Coos to Matthews where it went up high and he had to go down and get it. And that really changes things given how athletic NBA defenders are that really the, that, that like half second is a major difference. Um, and so I think that's one of the biggest things that they've really missed. Like when you look at re, when you look for reasons why the offense is as bad as it's been obviously because it doesn't have its engine and its rudder but when you get to like the 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 details as to where that affects everybody and what that looks like that's that's actually one of the starting places for me you want you you want to look at the lakers offensive struggles look no further than the fact that the the three players that are initiating the offense and and making plays are dennis schroeder their starting point guard yeah. Marcus Gasol, their former starting center, and Andre Drummond tonight, their starting center. That's yeah. that's great. I mean, it's probably they're probably with LeBron and AD out, three of the best passers they have. Uh, yeah. But ideally, that that's not what you want. So um, <laughs> Drummond ended the night with four points, a rebound, and assists or two assists rather, and a block. That came along with three turnovers and well, technically 14... four, right? Because he lost a toenail. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll get into that uh, in 14 minutes and 20 seconds of play because of the injury he sustained. I let me tell you, I've lost a toenail. It didn't just it sucks. It, it didn't just come off. I I smashed something on it, and then mm. like like a butterfly, it it peeled off and and. Mm. It, it was just disgusting. You guys can't see this because it's a it's an audio platform or whatever. But, but Christian literally just with his hands made waving a butterfly, yeah, <laughs> waving yeah. motion like Heimlich. Like picture Heimlich from The Bug's Life, and that's that's right. what I am. Yeah. Um, I am Pretty Butterfly. <laughs> but uh, it, it's hard to to call Andre Drummond's debut disappointing given the amount of time he played. Uh, the only people with more disappointing stat lines than Andre Drummond out of context uh, are Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Taylor Horton-Tucker. Yeah. THT, I'll give him a pass. He's a second-year player. Might as well be a rookie. Uh, KCP, yeah, th- something's got to give with him. I understand LeBron James is out, and you have to tether those two when when he's healthy, maximize – like. The best version of KCP comes alongside LeBron James. We mm-hmm. knew that. It's just been so like off-putting to see the difference in in KCP without LeBron James versus with him. Uh, KCP in 22 minutes tonight, two points, three rebounds, an assist, uh, and a negative six in the box score. We're, we're approaching Evan Fournier. Levels of bad here, <laughs> like Googling Evan Fournier. <laughs> levels of bad here. Um, no, like I think it's it of the numbers that you read off there, right? And you didn't read this one, or maybe you did. Um, but of the numbers, like of the numbers on his line that screams the loudest to me, it's twenty-two minutes. Yeah, twenty-two minutes in a game where he didn't have foul trouble. He only had two fouls. The Lakers are already short-handed. And he only plays those 22 minutes. That tells me Frank Vogel's getting frustrated like that. Mm -hmm. It's one thing for us. And that was a blowout, right? So maybe there was some of that going on, but it's one thing for us and 
our Twitter followers and, and the, you know, just everybody watching from home to be frustrated with them. And, and by the way, if you're frustrated with them, I'm right there with you. Cause there was a play tonight where, you know, he's just, he's guarding somebody. He's standing straight up on the weak side. And who was it? I want to say um, it was one of the white guys either. Uh, well, the, uh, Dante. Well, is he white? He is white, Dante. So Dante, yes, yeah. His name so, is literally White Dante. Not his <laughs> government name, but his basketball <laughs> Twitter name is White Dante. It, he's like that close for it to be government name too. <laughs> but, but 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 White Dante just kind of like strolls around him, picks up the offensive rebound, makes the you know dust the ball off, calls his mom, calls the government to change his name to White Dante. <laughs> And then finishes a layup, and 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 you know KCP's just like ah oh, darn frick, you know. And this is while the game was still close, and you know again I look making or missing shots. He's not Clay Thompson. He's not Steph Curry. So that's going to come and go. Uh, health and and all of that stuff. Uh, obviously, this season is unique. So as we approach the uh, the All Star break. I could understand why he was kind of dragging himself out out there on the court, but this is a game after the all-star break with like three days rest. There is no reason for him to be that kind of lazy out there, that kind of disengaged. And, and that's where I, you know, we were just kind of joking before the show that you and I aren't the same kind of like fan passionate as we were when we first started in this stuff. Pete still is. And I can guarantee you when I talk to him on, on locked on Lakers tonight, he's going to light KCP up and, <laughs> and everybody out there listening should light KCP up because that's, that's horseshit. Like you got to, you got to actually commit to winning and commit to competing. And, and I, and I think the reason or, or, or the fact that he only got 22 minutes tonight tells me that Vogel is saying, you know what? If you aren't going to try man, come sit next to me. You can get your cardio in away from the game. Yeah, I, I'm not a KCP apologist by any means, especially not considered to our, our good friend Zane. But I, the one thing that has always concerned me about KCP is I think his performances in the postseason were an exception to the norm and not mm-hmm. the norm. And the only yeah. reason he was so valuable for the Lakers in the postseason was his offense and not his defense, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I thought mm-hmm. last season and, and even in the seasons prior to that, I thought KCP was a little overrated on defense. Um, with LeBron James, who is an actually very good defender, and Anthony Davis, whose you know, resume speaks for itself in terms of defense, without those two guys and, and that system to play with them, like alongside them, I think his deficiencies on both sides of the court have stood mm-hmm. out. But you can live with one more than the other, and and I think, you know, his defense just hasn't been there. And you know, let's hope he turns it around. Well, they keep on talking on, you know, they they talked about it again today on ESPN, where they're like, well, he's still a forty percent three pointer. It's because in the slump, he stopped taking three pointers. He shot mm-hmm. one tonight, you know, and and I would rather him, I would rather his three point percentage dip below forty or whatever, and him actually taking those shots. Be, then, then what he's doing right now, because as it stands, he's just, he, he may as well not be out there. You may as well have THT out there. Mm. You may as well have Caruso out there. You may as well have fuck it McKinney or Matthews out there because if he isn't shooting, 
the thing that he's supposedly good at, better at than the rest of the guys at his position is his ability to shoot. If he mm-hmm. isn't shooting and the defense will even respect the fact that he might shoot, then you may as well not have him out there at all. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on before we head into a quick little break is uh, Marc Gasol. Obviously, the debut of Andre Drummond and the existence of Montrez Harrell, the, the depth they have at center, there was a lot of talk about whether or not Marc Gasol would be bought out. That's not going to happen. Uh, but what is, what might happen, what is more likely to happen anyway, and, and what we saw remnant or uh, like little snippets of on Wednesday night is Marc Gasol potentially falling out of the rotation. Uh, up until Andre Drummond's injury, he was glued to the bench, ended up playing five minutes and 37 seconds, ended a negative one in the box score. But I thought, I thought he had a pretty solid shift, showed a lot of the things that you know, Lakers fans have seen from him this season, things that make him valuable. I don't, I don't know if taking Marcus all out of the rotation is the answer to any of their problems. Um, a, a Frank pregame said he expects to have games where he plays Montrez Harrell and Marcus all alongside each other. I'm interested in seeing that, but, but for the most part, I don't know if Gasol's the one that should be losing minutes here. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, to be completely honest, I, I think it's a matchup based thing more than anything. Um, mm-hmm. and I think tonight, so my running theory is that, uh, Vogel approached Mark and told him, hey, we're going to give Drummond as much room as he needs to get reps with everybody and all of that. Um, and then uh, as as a result, Mark kind of wasn't quite prepped to play or, or, or you know, kind of approached this as a DMP CD heading into it. And then because like everything that could have gone wrong did wound up, you know, having to suit up and, and go out there and play. Um, and I agree with you that he did a lot of the things that reminded everybody like, yeah, this is why this guy should be in the rotation at least, uh, more often than not. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of frustrated with how reticent Frank Vogel is to play, uh, Montrezl Harrell at the four. Like it's, it's kind of weird to be completely honest. Cause he's way too undersized to be only a center, you know, and, and he doesn't do things as a stretch five, like he doesn't shoot the ball well enough to be primarily a stretch five. You know, I, I would rather him be, you know, one of those combo bigs who bullies smaller power forwards and then on occasion steps out there and is too quick for a, a larger Brooke Lopez type on, on offense situationally. And the fact that he's just kind of been uh, pigeonholed into one version of, of himself, I think is kind of doing him a disservice and it puts the Lakers in a tough spot as the, the front court. If everybody gets healthy when it gets really crowded. Yeah. I, the idea of, of playing Marcus all at the five. Like, so, so Vogel's exact quote was uh, it's a lineup that I think can work. We haven't really had a need to go uh, to that up to this point in the season but it's definitely something we're going to look at. The way it works is offensively, Marcus All is basically the four with Trez being the five, and defensively, Mark's the five and Trez is the four. It's something that I'm actually excited to see. Defensively, that makes sense. 
yeah. offensively. What, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I have no idea. Like, the, Frank has to know stretch fives are a thing. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's crazy to me, but it, I, I think that that he had Roy Hibbert and he's like, that's it. I can only have Roy Hibbert out there at the center spot. The, I, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I I'm in the same house as Frank. I think, you know, that's a really intriguing pairing. I think it has the potential to be successful, but I, I don't get the, the logic behind you know, doing the switcheroo offense defense. I think you'd be fine just playing Trez at the four. Yeah, I agree. Can we talk a little bit more about this after the break? Because I have a, a couple more thoughts on it. Yeah, for sure. Anthony, you have the floor to talk about Mark and Trez. It seems uh, like something that is All right. So <laughs> the thing, it's it's weird enough to hear it isolated in a vacuum, right? It's it's weird enough to hear about like <laughs> the switcheroo that they're doing, offensive defense. Like when they don't have to, that's already weird enough in a vacuum. But uh, when you think about the lineups that those guys are going to be out there in, where Schroeder is starting, right, and LeBron is going to be starting, uh, and those are those guys are the two best primary creators on the on, on the roster. And then, and then you would think, all right, cool. In the second, in, with the second unit, you have Marcus All out there creating for Kuz and Montrez Harrell from the top of the key, and you now have a more natural half court offense. And and you know, moving, you know, ha- kind of sw- switching them up, and 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 I think he's just kind of overthinking it when he doesn't really have to. If if that's the approach that he's going to take, now it might just be a title kind of a thing. And like, while he envisions Mark as a five or as a, as a four, I guess on offense and Trez being the five, like, I guess that would, you, that would place Mark on the perimeter anyway. And you, you arrive at the same place anyway, but it's still, you would think like in sets, you have spots for the five and spots for the four and, and it just feels like it's it's really awkward and kind of explains why it looked as clunky as it did at times with AD and, and Dwight and JaVale last yeah. year. When, when The more you think about it, if that's the approach that he was taking. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I just think given the, given the personnel on that second unit, it seems very natural to have Mark out there with them. And then on occasion, if you're playing a smaller team, Mark gets the night off. Keith gets to rotate there at the at the four. I'm curious also, does he have, I guess he has Keith at the four in those Keith Trez lineups too, which again explains why they haven't been too successful either because what you get from Keith lining up at the five, the shooting, the spacing, and, and pulling the big away from the basket, you don't necessarily get yeah. in those lineups. And the stuff that you want to benefit from with, with Trez, you don't get to benefit from that either because there's less space potentially and it's kind of clunky. So yeah, I just think, I just think from a, if, if we are to read completely into what Frank is explaining here, it seems like in, in over complication when he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what he does on Friday. Lakers got the Kings. Uh, which is one of the few breaks in their schedule that they kind of have to win it. They'll get because uh, after that, we have got Lakers playing road trip, 
East, yeah, Easter Sunday against the Clippers, which, you know, whatever. Uh, they got the Nuggets on April 3rd, and then the the Raptor? No. The Clippers again, and then the Trailblazers. Wait, no, I'm looking at May. God, what am I doing? <laughs> Sorry, let's try that again. We got Kings, Clippers okay. on Easter Sunday, and then okay. Raptors. So Raptors is w- one of the only few... Uh, other breaks we get. Then we have the Heat, mm-hmm. the Nets, Oof. the Knicks, who, you know, not great, but <laughs> they're uh, above 500, maybe well, a game below 500. Stuff isn't figured out. Randall's probably licking his chops. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's a tough schedule coming up to the Lakers. How worried are you that they will maybe not fall outside of the playoff picture, but fall into a play-in spot. Play-in, I still have to, I still think that they're, they won't wind up in the play-in spot. They're, they're going to get AD back at some point, you would think, in the next couple of weeks. Um, maybe after this stretch, which, you know, to your point, if this is the team and this is what it looks like, like part of the issue and 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 if you're if you're a pessimist, this is one of the things that I'd be worried about. Is like they competed today, and then as soon as things started to kind of tip in Milwaukee's, in in and you know toward Milwaukee, you started to see some moping. You started to see some kind of dragging feet, and they started to lose uh, a lot. Like once momentum was lost, they never really got it back. And I kind of wonder if. This team has just kind of that they are without LeBron and without AD, and as such, you know, are are, are less likely to compete. Um, and if that is the case, it, it's one thing to be less talented than everybody, but then if you're also not playing as hard as your competition, you're you're not going to win very often. I believe the Lakers, I, they're they're like one in seven or maybe two in six or whatever it is uh, against the spread. Uh, since LeBron went down and that, you know, that again tells me that it's not just that they're losing. It's not just that they're, uh, if they are winning, it's never comfortably it's, and, and so like, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous that the, that the, any, the, the doubt that they might have in themselves is starting to creep in with the, with the guys that are, that are still around after all of these injuries, it's got to get wearing man. Like every time, Poor Schroeder today gets hit in the face. Wes Matthews has some of the best basketball that he's ever played, you know, as a Laker in the first quarter, and and he it almost gets con- get, gets concussed. You know, every time somebody goes down, they stay down for a little bit longer than normal. It's just it's got to like this this level of of injury and adversity. Eventually, it's going to have its toll. So I, if you're nervous about the next stretch of games. I guess that's why I would agree with you. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> listen, I, I think nervous is a bit of an understatement. I think this is a really, really tough stretch, and, and that would be true with LeBron James and Anthony Davis healthy. So all we can really do is hope for the best, hope Andre Drummond looks better, and hope Montrezl Harrell and Marcus All look as good as Frank Vogel thinks he's going to look. Anthony, do you have any parting thoughts before we head out? 
please, for the love of God, like this injury bug, you know, can we get some tiki torches? Can we get like, you know, plant some freaking anything to, to change the vibe around this team? This is getting ridiculous how, how freaking <laughs> they sign this guy and in his first game he loses a toenail? Yeah. Like, couldn't doesn't doesn't it kind of like remind you of the the Dumb and Dumber scene where you guys like you know we don't have enough money to do this we don't need to do this our pets heads are falling off like <laughs> our center's toenails are falling off like it's just it's just so draining to to watch this team go through a stretch like this and and I you know whatever whatever has to be done to change the vibes let's get out there and do it. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I have not seen Dumber and Dumber. It was... Oh, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Wait, what? I have not seen Dumb and Dumber. It was released no. when I was negative two years old. No uh, way, and Christian. it just it has not interested me in the slightest to, to watch it. And on that okay. note, we will end our show. <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> I mean, I... I don't. I don't know if it's on my top five hundred movies I need to watch before I die. It it should be up there, dude. Uh oh, <laughs> what is up there? Like it, it's it's the most quotable movie of my generation. I think like, step. I think Step Brothers might be the most quotable. Yeah, because you're of my young and, and dumb and oh my god. What? <laughs> And uh, before Anthony explodes, we're going to head on out of here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next week. It's unbelievable. <laughs>